I got to tell you, I feel like God's doing something. And I, I think it's important that we're able to hear what he's doing and be able to respond that. In the first service, I talked about, I, I made a statement. I said, how many of you heard that thunder last night? And not one person raised their hand. Thank you. I thought to myself for a minute, I was going out of my mind. About 2.45 this morning, I heard boom, 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 boom. And honest to goodness, I got up. I thought, at first, I thought somebody was beating on the door out here. And I thought, do they not see that doorbell? <laughs> and then I started walking, I, and I, I went out there, and nobody was out there. And I thought, and, I, and it came again, that boom, 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 boom. Thank you. Boom, 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 boom. And so after that, I thought to myself, man, that sounds like a belt that has snapped in one of these units and it's slapping against the side of that thing. And so I, I went to the office first and listened and the air conditioner wasn't on. I, I went all the way around this church checking units, came in here, turned the lights on, looked at every unit. I, I, I grabbed Debbie and I shook her and I said, do you hear that? She snored right through it. She, <laughs> Never, ne never even, I talked to her this morning. She didn't even know I'd grabbed her leg and shook her. So then after a while, I couldn't, I went back outside and honest to goodness, I heard it, but it sounded like it was coming from the top of this building. So I, I thought about climbing up on the roof and I thought, I'm not doing that at three o'clock in the morning. So I finally decided that God must want me to pray. So I got down and I began to pray. And ask the Lord, I, I prayed for some of you, ask the Lord about this revival coming up. And just let God know that I want to be able to walk with you. We're entering some places we've never been and God's doing some things that we've never seen. And I want to be able to walk with him. Everybody say walk with him. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Let me read this scripture to, for you today. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, and we ask you to have your way in this place today. We give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you for just a little while this morning on this topic. This is the way we fight. Everybody say it with me. This is the way we fight. Now, I know everybody that was in the service, the first service is going, that's not what he preached in the first service. God just gave me another topic, or not another topic, but another title. This is the way we fight. Joshua has come into authority. Moses is dead. And now Joshua has to fill his shoes of a man that the scripture highlights and says that he would raise up a prophet like unto Moses when it was talking about Jesus. You have any idea the intimidation of trying to fill shoes like that? Have you ever been to a place in your life or in your walk with God? When I was a young evangelist just starting out and there were evangelists that were seasoned and on the field. And I, I made the mistake of always comparing myself to someone else and always feeling like I was coming up short. And it made me realize that I don't need to compare myself to somebody else. I need to begin and ask God to let me be the best me I can possibly be for him. 
because he didn't call me to be you. He called me to be me. And sometimes we get in such a, as a matter of fact, that the culture that we live in right now is so mixed up with identity. They, they, man, they're mixed up with gender identity. They're mixed up in every time, oh, pastor, don't talk about that. I wish someone would. And I, and I wish someone would just speak the truth concerning it and let you know you don't need to get rewired. You don't need to have some surgery. God made you unique and special just the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to embrace who God's made you to be and then try and be the best you that you can possibly be for him. I thought about Moses and the way that we fight. And so Moses had a staff in his hand. And that was what Israel was used to seeing. Israel became accustomed to the way that the battle was ordered was by Moses' staff. I mean, think about it, from marching in to Pharaoh's court and throwing that staff down and it turning into a serpent, to going out to the Nile River and stretching his hand over the Nile and that Nile turning into blood. They became accustomed to Moses with his staff. And when he would spread those hands and that staff was stretched out, it brought in flies and locusts and man, and, and it literally rolled the Red Sea back. God spoke to Moses and said, why are you crying to me? Speak that the children of Israel go forward. And Moses took that staff and stepped out and began to declare. And you saw it, right? You saw Charlton Heston. And that, that sea rolled back, but Moses is dead. Joshua doesn't have a staff. So what's he supposed to do? God help us to understand that we are not Moses. And that God has given us something special and unique for us to fight with. Everybody say, this is the way we fight. And so he speaks to Joshua and he tells him, to go, you know, that, to, to be courageous and, and not to be dismayed. And Josh was trying to get all that together, and, and the staff is gone. And so now, you know, when you have to lay the staff to rest, you think, well, how am I supposed to go now? I mean, how many of you ever had something that you really got accustomed to, like a chair? That was your chair. Then that chair's gone. There's a chair I prayed in for years. When Debbie said it didn't fit the decor anymore. <laughs> My chair was gone. <laughs> but that didn't stop me from praying. I just found another chair to pray at. See, sometimes we get so attached to things that we let it keep us from moving forward. And how many of you know that things pass? But God's the same. The scripture says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's, he's the one sure thing. And now the Lord speaks to Joshua and says, I've given you Jericho, that city, the king, and those mighty men of valor. Everybody go, great. <laughs> if you ever get a word from God, you go, how? You know what I mean? It's one thing to hear God telling you something, but it's another to figure out how am I supposed to do that? How does that happen? I heard God speaking to me to go on the evangelistic field for years before I ever did it. I knew I was supposed to, but I didn't know how. 
as it grew more intense in my spirit, I had to finally come to the conclusion that I would rather try and fail than fail to try. Because if I try and I fail, I'll live to try again. But if I fail to try, I'm never going to know what God would have done. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath, swallow hard, and you ever see that Indiana Jones flick? <laughs> Where he's stepping off, he said, that's a leap of faith. There ain't no way anybody can do that. And God's got a way of holding us up without us even realizing he's doing it. He has a way of securing us without recognizing we've been secured. And so Joshua has to face Jericho. Everybody say Jericho. If you would. Here's a problem. Jericho's never been conquered. It's never been defeated. I want to share some information about you, about, or with you about Jericho from answers in Genesis and from an archaeological dig that they had discovered and they were giving dimensions concerning this. You see where the children of Israel are marching around that city, this retaining wall, this wall that looks like it's stone, was 12 to 15 feet high. The red brick, which is like a mud brick up above that wall that's set on that, stood 20 to 26 feet high. Then there, were, there was a span of ground in between these walls where homes were and people had gathered. And then this last wall, this last fortress or defense, the base of it is 46 feet above ground level from where they're walking. So they're looking up, and it's 46 feet to the top of that top wall. And they're trying to figure out, how do we get up there? How can we do it? It's impossible. But God gives them a plan. I want you to hear me. God won't call you to something that he doesn't prepare you for. Now, it's important you hear what I'm going to say. Because we think preparation means knowing the whole, getting the whole blueprint. It's not how it happens, folks. God gives you instructions a step at a time. So Joshua's looking at this massive structure and thinking, how am I supposed to conquer that? And, and, and just to give Joshua a little assurance that it's going to happen, there was a lady that lived right in here by the name of Rahab. She lived in her houses in the back of that wall. And so that's how the spies got out. And she told them when she spoke to them, she, those spies that had come in and they were looking for them and she hid them. She told those spies, she said, ever since we heard about how God destroyed Egypt and delivered you and he rolled back the sea, everybody here is scared to death. That was 40 years prior and she speaks like it happened yesterday. Dear God, help us to quit Sometimes we forget about the power and the presence of God as if though, oh, well, that was days gone by. That's how God used to be. No, no, no. He's the same. He said, I'm God. I change not. What he did then, he'll do now. You just have to embrace him and say, here I am. Everybody say, here I am, God. This is the way we fight. So Joshua was trying to figure it all out, and then all of a sudden he gets instructions. He said, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to march around the wall once a day for six days. Then you're going to march around seven times on the seventh day, and then you're going to shout. I need a little bit more instruction than that, God. I'm going to, sh sh that's it. You're going to shout. Have you ever had God ask you to do something that made absolutely no sense to you at all? Come on, are, are you there? I, I shared in the last service, I said, I, I remember I was, I, I was working a secular job and they came and they got me. 
And they said, Rick, come here. We, we, want, we want you to meet somebody. And I'm thinking, what, what's going on? And so I, I, I go with them. It's the close of the day. And I, I go with them outside. And they walk me up to this guy that's sitting there. And they said, preacher, meet the warlock. Warlock, meet the preacher. And then they all backed off. Honest to goodness, this happened. I looked at the guy and I said, they're, they're, I mean, they backed away like they were expecting sparks to start flying or something. And I looked at the guy and I, I said, you're a warlock? And he goes, yeah. I said, you know, I don't think I've ever met a warlock before. And he looked at me and so we start talking. And as we're talking, he makes a statement to me and he said, do you pray to Mary? And I said, no, I said, you know, Mary's a holy woman. I said, but Mary's dead. I said, man, I said, Jesus is the one I pray to. Only Jesus can answer your prayer. And he, he said, well, I don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. Before I had a chance to even think about what I said, I said it. It was an election year. And as soon as he said, well, I don't believe Jesus is the son of God, I looked at him, I said, did you vote for Reagan? God is my witness. As soon as I said that, I thought, what in the world did you just say? How did that come out of my mouth? I'm just, I'm perplexed. Literally, I'm standing there and I'm looking at him, but in my mind, I'm thinking, what are you doing? And, and, and he looked at me, and this happened so quick, folks. I'm, I'm telling you, it happened so quick. And when I, I said that, he looked at me and he said, no, I didn't. And then the Holy Spirit hit me. I said, your vote didn't keep him from being president, and your vote's not going to keep Christ from being the Son of God. He's God all by himself. Do you understand? You don't have to have the whole story. You don't have to have the whole blueprint. What you need to do is trust God, take a step of faith, and believe him for what he said he would do. Just let him do it. So Joshua has to take these guys and march them. And I, can't, I want you to fathom this. Live this out with me for a second. We're getting ready to attack a fortified city that has never been conquered. Kevin, let me borrow you a second real quick. James, come up here. Help me out. Okay, guys, come on. Huddle in. We're fixing to go and attack Jericho. And this, I, I've heard from God. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to get all the army and march around the wall. Six days. Once each day. Now, here comes a good part. On the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. Then after that, we're going to stand back, square our chests, and shout. <laughs> Meeting dismissed. <laughs> Give them a hand, would you? Yeah. They got to be looking at Joshua like, are you nuts? Are you out of your mind? I knew this was going to I, I had a guy travel to Russia with me one time, seriously. He went to Russia with me. I, I, I had a big bus that I had rented. The bus got pulled over in the middle of town. The police came on the bus and arrested my driver. I didn't know this had happened yet. I, I saw the driver step off, and we're on the bus, and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, man, where did the driver go? And the interpreter said, oh, they took him away. But he'll be back, Lord willing. And I'm thinking, man, well, what am I supposed to do? I got all these people, and I thought, I've got to get out of here. I've got places I've got to go. So I got the whole team. I had another translator. I said, look, you I had one of them stay with the bus. I said, the other one. I said, let's, let's get back to the hotel. I said, I've got stuff I've got to do. So we have to. Now, if you've ever been in Europe or, or, you know, Russia in particular, they have what they call the metro, which is a subway station. And when you get ready to go down, it looks like you're getting ready to visit Lucifer. I mean, man, we went down, we go way down deep, and we're going, you, Ray was there with me. You go way down deep inside there. I've got a, a preacher with me, a pastor, and he was kind of a nervous guy anyway. And all of a sudden, we're going way down, and it's like this. And, and all of a sudden, he gets down there, and he has a panic attack, and he goes, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen if I came over here with you. <laughs> kind of probably how the folks felt about Joshua. Moses never did this, you know. Not one time did we ever march around anything. Are you sure you're hearing from God? How, how many of you have ever been there before? 
I don't know whether or not that pastor's really heard from God. Praying 24 hours. I'm lucky to pray five minutes. He wants me to get. You can't question what God's asking you to do. You just have to respond to it. Now, let me give you a little secret. You're responding to it regardless of what you do. You're either responding yes or you're responding no. They go out and they do what they've been instructed to do. They march around that city six days, or six, six, once, they march around that city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they went around it seven times, and they move back, and they shout. Everybody say, shout. This is the way we fight. The word shout there in Hebrew means to split the ears, make a joyful noise of triumph. This is the way we fight. Praise God. (laughs) We wonder why we don't experience triumph. How many, I'm I'm not going to ask you to point your finger at anybody. But how many of you know someone that's given to complaining? Don't point fingers. I see some some fingers. You you understand what I'm talking about? We're, We're given to complaining, but complaining doesn't change your situation. And I have to let you in on a secret You don't have to understand what God's doing for him to do it. You just need to respond to it for him to do it for you. He's still going to do it. He'll do it for somebody. He's going to do it to those that respond. And all of a sudden when they shouted, it made no sense. Can you imagine the people in Jericho looking down at wall? Look at those nuts back again today. They're they're, they're looping, man. They're in a revolving door today. They just keep going and going. They must have the Energizer Bunny with them. They're just going, you know, it's just nonstop. It's just going and going. And then all of a sudden they stopped. And when they shout and they're they're leaning up over that wall, (laughs) you bunch it. And then all of a sudden, they feel that happening and, and that wall and literally when they uncovered the excavation the brick wall that was on top literally crumbled down and they found it by the foundational wall and so it, it made a way for them to get up into that city I'm telling you he's still able to make a way where there seems to be no way when we shout this is the way that we fight some of us think that the way that we fight is pout it's not pout, it's shout. If my sister sees this, she's going to kill me. My sister used to, when dad would tell us we were going to go to town, and then if we didn't get to go to town or we didn't go as soon as she thought we were supposed to, she would go and she'd pop open a bottle of buffer and aspirin. She'd dig out the cotton. She'd put the cotton right here, stick her thumb in her mouth. She'd get in a chair and she'd start going, I want to go to town. I want to go to town. I'm just kidding, sis. And, and so, and, and, all, and she'd pout and she'd pout. And my, here's what my dad used to say, that pouting ain't going to get you anywhere with me. Do you, oh, somebody needs to get a word of revelation from that. Our pouting isn't going to get us any place with God. But the moment our pout turns into a shout, things are getting ready to happen. Uh, the moment we quit complaining about it and start believing it, the moment we quit being frustrated and start having faith, things are getting ready to change. Everybody say, shout! This is the way that we fight. Now, I understand that just one place in scripture may not be enough for you to believe that it really works like that. You might think that that's just how they did it then. So let's take a look at another spot. His name is Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Judah. The army of Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir have gathered together and they're coming at him from En Gedi. 
They run and they tell Jehoshaphat what's happening, and he goes to God with it. And he says, God, I don't have any might against those, that army. I, I, I can't go against them. He said, God, he said, when, when you gave us this land, when we came out of Egypt, we circled around these folks. You told, us that you, you told us not to destroy them, so we didn't destroy them. We let them stay. And the way they're thanking us for it is now they're running us out, or they're, they're coming down to throw us out of your land, out of the place you promised us. So, God, what am I supposed to do? How many of you have ever gotten frustrated with your circumstance? I, I mean, God, come on. What, what am I supposed to do? And God speaks to them. And God tells them, he said, look, you're not even going to have to lift a hand in this battle. I'm going to take care of this. You just position yourself. Everybody say, assume the position. See, you've got to get positioned for war, and position for war is not with your head stuck in the sand trying to close out everything that's going on around you. Position for war is standing up nose to nose, toes to toes with the devil and say, I believe God. I, I, hallelujah anyhow. I don't care what you say. I'm going to declare the goodness of God. Sometimes you've just got to shout when it doesn't even feel like there's a shout in you. They got up that next morning and they got ready to go to the battlefield. And when they did, Jehoshaphat got some people together. Jasmine, Paul, this is the day of war. Are y'all ready? Look, this is what we're going to do. God has spoken that this battle's ours, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're not afraid, right? Right. We're going to march out and meet them, right? You bet. You, you ready for the battle? You bet. All right, you go first. <laughs> Honest to goodness, man, that's what he did. He sent the singers out in front of them. Hey, he sent the singers out. You know, you go, you go for sing, sing. Hey, let me tell you. Hold it, hold it. Let me. That's not the song. Here, stay. Come back here. Don't run. Out. I think she's getting ready to leave and go out the lobby. They, they don't go out. They don't go out singing. Yeah, that singing that song we just sang, the weapons we use. And all. No, no, this is what they're singing. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. When's the last time you got ready for a battle singing a love song? His faithful love endures forever. But here's what happens. When you express your love for him, you're not in the battle alone. And all of a sudden they start singing sending those singers out, and something starts happening around them. We think that we have to do it a certain way. You go first, Paul. You, 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 you fight the way you fight, the, and, and he's going to get laid out <laughs> because that's not what God said. This is the way we fight. We shout. Everybody say, Shout. We sing and we praise. The other night, we were getting ready to. Thank you, Paul. Give him a hand. He can get. He, he's, you stay here a second. The, the other night, we, we were getting. How many of you remember, you know, prayer was from 9 o'clock when? Friday morning until 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Debbie didn't get the memo. All Debbie saw was that there was an empty space between 2.30 and 4.30 in the morning. So Debbie gets up at 2.30 Friday morning. Friday morning, let her talk. Friday morning, she, this is my message. Okay, she gets up at 2.30 Friday morning and she starts, she comes in here and she, she starts to pray and she makes it to 3.30 and she thought, you know what? I'm going to fill that gap. I'm going to make up the hedge. I'm, I'm going, and she starts singing and she's playing on the piano and she's doing all that. I wake up at 4.30 and I'm looking around, I'm thinking, where's she at? She comes walking in. I said, honey, I said, where, 
where are you? What were you doing? She said, well, we didn't have anybody from 2.30 to 4.30, so I, I've done it. I, I prayed from 2.30 to 4.30, man. I, and I looked at her. I said, baby, that doesn't even start till 9 o'clock. <laughs> she looked at me, and she just dropped her head like that. <laughs> what are you asking? She woke up because this is the way the battles won. You sang. Everybody say sang. See, the devil was expecting us to start at 9 o'clock Friday morning. He wasn't expecting us to start at 2.30 Friday morning. So without me even knowing that God was using me, at about 2.15 or 2.20, I started to sing in my sleep. God's truth. She told me. She said all of a sudden I heard, what would you... Oh, and, and, then, and then I didn't even know I could sing soprano. She said, she said, I went from that to all of a sudden she heard, and it woke her up and sent her to pray. Aren't you glad I heard from God? So here's the thing is Jasmine got over here today on this real nice illustrious keyboard. And, and, and uh, you know, go ahead and get up there a second. I want you to listen to this. Give me a little bit of shout music. And so, see, what happened, what a lot of you didn't know, is the keyboard that we had would, during praise and worship would kick out into some other sound. And Jasmine was having to shut it off and try and reboot it real quick and hope nobody saw it. So we went yesterday to get a brand new keyboard. It's called the Nord. And, and, and somebody said, where the Nord is, the Lord is. Honest to goodness, it was, in, it was in the, what do you call it? The comments, whatever it was. And so Jasmine came in here today, and she got on this thing and started playing it. When she got done, when she got done in between services, she came up to me, and she's saying, Pastor, I don't even think we need that other keyboard. No, she didn't really. I walked up to her and I said, Jazz, I said, man, the way you played that keyboard, I'm thinking about just canceling the order. She looked at me and she said, you've got to be kidding. We settle for less when God wants us to have more. Now, she may do today, and thank God, give her a hand for doing what she did, because it was, I can tell you right now, her heart was in it, but her keys weren't. She didn't like it. But she did. What she did, now let's be honest, it didn't really affect you, did it? I mean, I felt the power of God move through here. I saw people get up and begin to worship and, and, and praise God, and I saw, I saw the Spirit of God begin to move. I said, well then, Pastor, why do we even need that other keyboard? Because you should always give God your best. Give God your best. Now, now, hear me. Hear me because, see, we get used to just trying to get by. How many of you have ever gotten up to pray early? Matter of fact, during this 24-hour prayer meeting, how many of you got up to pray and fell asleep? Just for a little while, you know. I mean, you know, let's be honest with each other, you know. It's 2.30 in the morning, it's like, dear God. And you have to wake yourself. You have to stir yourself up because you recognize that the only way I'm going to win is if I stay in tune, if I stay engaged. And so sometimes you've got to shake yourself. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, shake yourself. Come on, look at him and say, shake yourself. If you don't shake yourself, I'm going to shake you. Shake yourself. And so here's what happens. When we start shaking ourselves, God begins to see it, and he responds. When Joshua shouted and those people shouted, it wasn't the shout that brought the walls down. It was God looking at their willingness to obey even when it didn't make any sense. And he said, man, when my folks move like that, I'm getting ready to do something. And with one stomp of his foot, those walls came down. Can I tell you that the Bible said that when they began to sing, that immediately those people turned on themselves. And when they marched out into the battle, the only thing that was left to do was gather up all the loot that was left over because God had already wiped everybody out. 
We're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to make it happen by ourselves. We're trying to do what God does, and we're not God. So instead, if we would just learn how to shout. How many of you have ever shouted before? You know what I'm talking about? Leave that alone! We're practicing that kind of shouting, aren't we? Get your hands off that. My dad had a shout. You want me to get out the belt? Woo! <laughs> that gets you attention. I'm saying that when we begin to approach God like we know he's going to do it, it's going to change everything. How many of you are ready for everything to change? In the book of Acts, the 16th chapter of Acts, Paul and Silas are in the city of Philippi. They go to Philippi, and when they get there, there's this woman that's possessed, and she's able to foretell the future, and her masters are making a, a bunch of money off of her, but she keeps following Paul and Silas around, and she's saying, oh, look at these men, the most, uh, men of the most high God, and, and he gets tired of it. How many of you have ever, how many of you ever just got tired of it? You know what I'm talking? You ever have somebody just needling you about something and you got tired of it? You ever have, there was a, well, I know, I'm not going to tell that story. That when you get tired of it, you stood, let me tell it, but this was before I was saved. When you get tired of it, everybody say before you get, when you get tired of it. I was in high school and this kid kept coming up and behind me. You remember, was this a thing in your school where they'd kick your back heel? And, and, and try and trip you. And this kid had done this to me repeatedly. And I told him, I said, quit doing that. Don't do that. Don't, don't kick me like that. And he thought it was funny. He just, <laughs> and he kept going on. And he kicked my foot one day, and it was the wrong day to have kicked my foot. And when he did, before I realized what I had done, I grabbed him by the throat, and I had him pinned up against the wall. And I said, I told you, don't kick my foot. He never kicked my foot after that. What are you saying? Look, I was in the flesh, and I admit that. But I'm telling you that everything that happens in the flesh has a spiritual correlation. And when you finally get like Popeye and say, I've stood all I can stand and I can't stand no more, and you get tired of the devil kicking you around, and all of a sudden you give a shout of praise, it's like grabbing the devil by the throat and pinning him against the wall and saying, no more, no more, no more. God gave us a temper for a reason. We just keep using it for the wrong reason. But if we could get mad at what the devil's doing and then go to God with it, begin to, do you remember that? What's that song we sang? Uh, hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. How many of you know that song? Wave your hand if you know that song. You know the story behind that song? There was a young boy that was dying, and they had given him no hope. And that, the man that wrote that song got that news, and he thought, how do, how do I fight this kind of fight? How do I do battle here? And all of a sudden, he realized that the greatest way he could do battle was to lift a praise to God, was to begin to worship God. And he took a pen and he began to write that song, I raise a hallelujah in the midst of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. In the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Y'all need to learn that song. What the guy's saying is this, it's no matter what's going on around me, I'm not going to let it silence me. I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. Paul and Silas, I'm wrapping up. Paul and Silas, Paul rebuked that spirit out of that woman and made the masters mad, and they took him before the magistrates. And they said, these people are teaching and preaching things that aren't even lawful for Romans to hear. The magistrates commanded them 
to be severely beaten. They stripped their clothes off and they took wooden rods and they beat them literally unconscious because they take them and they throw them in prison. And when they come to themselves, when they begin to come around, about midnight, they raise the hallelujah. <laughs> they begin to praise and worship God. All the other prisoners heard it. They saw them come in. How can these men be singing? How can these men be praising God? Do you know when the devil gives you his best shot and you stand up and raise your hands and begin to worship God, he can't figure it out. Praising the Lord keeps the devil confused and worship drives him out of his mind. And so all of a sudden as they begin to worship God, the earth started shaking. How many of you have ever wanted to put a whipping on the devil? You know what I'm talking about? We're used to doing things in the natural, right? And we want men, and I, I just want, I, I want God, and I, I just, uh. I remember when I first got saved and I started praying. I didn't know how to pray, and I was praying. I thought, God, let me, and, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, this is the way we fight. We don't fight with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle with flesh or blood, but we wrestle with spiritual wickedness in high places. So the way we fight is when we're in the middle of a battle, instead of getting nervous and fearful and frustrated, we stretch our hands to heaven and begin to praise God and say, Lord, I thank you. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I praise you that you're with me in the middle of it. When David raised a hallelujah in a lion's den, it shut the lion's mouth. When the Hebrew boys raised a hallelujah in a fiery furnace, it kept the fire from touching them. When you raise a hallelujah in the middle of your battle, God is going to come to your rescue. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? The Bible says, hold it, sit back down with me. I, I, this is too good to miss. Come here a minute. Scripture says, I'm, I promise, give me, give me, will you give me two minutes? Will you give me two? Two, two, that's ten, that's all I need. The Scripture says in the Psalms 22 and 3, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. That's a unique scripture because the word inhabitants there in Hebrew means to settle down in. It means to marry. So when she begins to raise a hallelujah, when she begins to worship, it has an effect of drawing God into her situation. And it brings God in and he settles down in. He, y'all wouldn't be laughing if this was the other way around. What I'm trying to get you to see is we want God with us. We want to abide with, do you, how many of you know what, that the word glory means weighty presence? And so when the glory of God comes and it settles down, it's a weighty presence. And, and, and all of a sudden, he marries us. He joins himself to us and he wraps him, his arms around us. The other thing that means is to, well, let me show you. I need, I need a volunteer. Don't everybody jump at once. Where? Okay. Are you Okay. So if you get thrown around a little bit, it's all right. Okay. It means, no, no, stay with me now. Because here's what it means. It means to, how many of you have ever felt yourself in the middle of a battle? So you're worshiping God and yet you feel the devil torment you, torment her a little bit. Just, and, and just so, 
and, but then if she, see, if she just focuses on her torment, nothing's going to happen for her. But if she'll raise a hallelujah in the middle of her torment, then it brings God in. He settles down in. He marries her. And the scripture means that inhabits also means to ambush. So what God does is he says, you know what? I've had all of you. I'm going to take. And he he, you okay? You're heavier than you look. <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? Thank you. Stand with me. So this is, this is what I want you to get. See, you think, how many times have you been in a battle and you felt helpless? You felt like, what am I supposed to do? Do you understand that is, that's a trick of the devil. The Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, but I promise you that's a trick of the devil because he knows if you'll raise a hallelujah, if you'll begin to worship God, this is the way that we fight. When we pray, praise, and worship, it brings God close to us. It will defeat any enemy. It will shake any prison. And it will set the captive free when we worship. You don't wait till you get here to worship. Where should I worship? Anywhere and everywhere. Worship God. Just anywhere and everywhere. Worship Him. Praise Him. I remember sitting in a chiropractor's office, and I, I was, I was, you know, what were you in a chiropractor's office for? I was hurting. How many of you know that once you get saved, that doesn't mean all of a sudden all your problems are gone? I was in this chiropractor's office. God is my witness. I'm laid down, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping God, and I feel the presence of God move into this room. And I literally started going, oh God, not here. Not here, God. Not here. And man, my, something broke in me. Tears are just falling. I, my head's down like this, and they're hitting that platform. And I'm thinking, they're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to think I'm out of my mind. And then I got to thinking, why should I care what they think? Why should I worry about what they think? If there's something the world needs to see, it's people that are in love with God, that will worship God, that will declare His goodness and His grace. When the enemy attacks, worship. Say it with me, worship. How many of you are ready to join the praise, prayer, and worship team? This is the way we fight. Guys, where y'all at? Come on, come on out, give me a little bit of that. This is the way that we fight. This is what I want you to do. You can either come to the front or you can do this where you're standing at. But I want to equip you for the battle. Being equipped for the battle doesn't mean like, doesn't mean you feel like you can whip them. What it means is you feel like praising God. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening around you, worship. Everybody say, worship. Are you ready? You know what happens when you start worshiping? It scares the devil to death. When Debbie got up at 2.30 Friday morning and started worshiping, I can see the devil going, what in the world, man? We had this thing scheduled out for 9 o'clock in the morning. They started early. Get, get, come on, we got to stop her. But they couldn't stop her. She'd done gotten the spirit. She started the, the, the first hour, she's worshiping and praying. The second hour, she got on the piano and just started worshiping in the spirit. And all of a sudden, she said, man, I felt that laughing spirit hit me. You know, when you can laugh in the face of the enemy, you know that he's been defeated. You know that God's for you. Stretch your hands up. Assume your position. Hands up. 
Now they're going to sing, and I want you to take the next 60 seconds, and I'm not saying anything. I want you to worship. And when you do, you're going to discover that he is going to open the prison that's been holding you captive, that things are getting ready to change right now. As a matter of fact, what, what's your name? Heather? I see like, I, I'm just going to give this to you the way I see it. I see like four walls surrounding you, and I see you in the midst of it, and there's been some, I don't want to call it panic, but it's like you feel like things are closing in. And God is determined to show you the way out. Am I, am I telling you the truth? Now, this is the first time I've met you that I know of. But he knows you. He knows what you've been going through, and he's wanting you to understand, I've never forgot you. I know exactly where you've been. I know exactly how you felt, and I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. Would you just stretch those hands to heaven and begin to worship? Come on, guys. Let's sing it. Let's go. Heather, we get used or we, we become accustomed to disappointment. And that's not what he wants for you. He's going to turn your frown upside down. You, you know, when you smile, man, your, your face just radiates. It's beautiful. Just, and, and, and that's the whole thing is that he, that's who he made you to be. He made you beautiful. But the devil's tried to rob you of that. He's bringing it back right now. Are you ready? Just say, here I am, God. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, what you're doing for heaven. Lord, that you're restoring her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. Praise him. Praise him. I love him. Praise him. Let him have it right now. I believe. 
I believe. Come on, church, do you believe? Shout it with her. I believe. I believe in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What God has prepared for us is better than what we figured out for ourselves. Sometimes what we figure out for ourselves ends up leading us to a place that we don't want to be. And then we wonder, how did I get here? But when God does it, he, there is such a peace in your heart and such a satisfaction in your soul that you know without a doubt that you're exactly where he wants you. Are you ready for that? I know you're approaching that time of life where you're trying to make decisions and you want to make the right ones. Scripture promises that if we acknowledge him in all that we do, he'll direct our path. Father, I ask even now, Can you love him with me? Come on, stretch those hands up and love him with me right now. God's taking me. Are you ready? feel okay you feel like you're about to buckle but you're not <laughs> I said you're not you are not going to buckle you're going to worship <laughs> stretch those hands to heaven you're going to worship say it with me devil you lose in Jesus name you lose I give you praise love him stretch those hands and look if you've never surrendered your life to God you're not going to get to heaven in accidentally you're not making it into heaven accidentally it'll be on purpose it'll be because you said Lord here I am save me it's not difficult but you have to do it you, you have to make that choice you have to make that decision and we let the devil talk us out of it so look, if you're here and you've been battling that, I want you to come and stand with me right here, right now, real quick. I'm going to hold for just a second. Just a second. One, two, stretch your hands to heaven with me. Let her in. Stretch those hands to heaven. Do you understand that we can't save ourselves? He saves us. And he does that by us responding to him and saying, here I am, God, save me. You say, it can't be that simple. It wasn't that simple. He died for it. He was crucified for it. So as you stretch your hands to heaven, I want you to say, Lord, I believe. heaven love him this is what I want you to do as you walk out of this place today I want you to walk out knowing that you're equipped matter of fact just stretch your hands up and say I'm equipped I'm equipped for the battle I'm getting ready to give the devil a nervous breakdown come on hold those hands I'm getting ready to give the devil a hold your hands up I'm getting ready to give the devil a nervous breakdown all you got to do is start worshiping him all you got to do is raise your 
Just raise your hands to heaven and begin to worship him right now. I love you, God. I praise you, God. You're more than enough. I worship you. I declare your goodness. I declare your healing. I declare your power. In Jesus' name. Hey. Yes, and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow your trumpets and shout. Praise Him for the victory. The way is to use and not fall to guns. Worship is the way the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. I know there's been a lot of things that are happening here, things that you can see and things that you can't see. If, for people that what we call fall out in the spirit, let me explain this. The Bible said that no man can see God and live. So if he touches you, something's going to happen. You may just cry. You may, you may just feel chills go all over you. Or you may collapse in the floor under that weighty presence of God. We're not looking for a manifestation in this building. We're looking for the manifester. Yes. And whatever he does, we're happy with. We praise him for, and we declare his goodness. Now, as you raise your hands to heaven, I want to speak a word, of God, a word over you. You're going to go out in victory, and you're going to do battle in worship. You will not succumb, you will not capitulate, but you will stand and grow mighty in God. The Spirit of God is upon you. He's anointing you to do warfare in battle. You won't just worship for you. You're going to worship for your family. You're going to worship for your friends. You're going to worship for your nation. You're going to worship for another generation because our God is an awesome God. He's mighty in power. He's mighty in demonstration. And he's mighty in acts. So go forth in Jesus' name and do battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.